What brings you here? You've come perhaps to be with others who care about what it means to live on this beautiful blue-green planet. You've come to be with your innermost self, to feel the deep wells within you brimming with courage and vision. You've come to rest and be quiet, to be renewed by not having to be anyone other than who you are right this minute. You've come to cry out, to rattle the walls that contain all the prisoners of injustice, of greed and isolation, and when the time comes to help tear those walls down. You are welcome. For the world needs a few people who are honest, even to the point of accepting their imperfection. The world needs a few people who are brave enough to risk individual comfort for the sake of a larger love. The world needs a few people who honour their own pain, as well as their ability to transform pain into compassion. The world needs a few people who step into the unknown, carrying enough love to make things interesting. The world needs a few people who are ready to come alive. And the sign-up sheets are not on any wall, but wait eternally in every human heart. So let us gather in peace and let us make room for the infinite possibilities of the spirit. Welcome, friends, to this precious hour. These opening words by Bob Janice Dillon, they welcome all who have gathered this morning for our Sunday service. Welcome to those of you here in person at Essex Church and to all who are joining us via Zoom from far and wide. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Jane Blackall and I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. Today's service is titled All About Me? Question mark. Patricia Brewerton suggested this theme and later in the service uh, she'll be offering her own reflections on the topic of individualism in a culture and economic system which often seems to promote the wants and needs of the individual over the collective, the collective well-being of the wider community. What tensions might we experience between self-interest and the common good? And what does it mean to be an individual in community? But before we go any further with the theme, let's do what we always do. Let's take a moment to check in with ourselves. Each week this moment comes around again. It's half ten on a Sunday morning, and here we are again. We each stop what we're doing. We put aside all the goings-on of our everyday lives, all the projects and plans that fill our days. And we set them down for an hour while we attend to matters of the spirit. This hour is made sacred by our presence and intention. So let's each do what we need to do to be here now. Maybe scrunch up your shoulders or your fists and let the tension go. Maybe take a few deep breaths to settle in. I'm gonna light our chalice flame as I do each time we gather. It's a simple ritual that connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. Light of life be kindled again in our hearts as we meet together this morning.
to celebrate the joy of human community, seeking a wholeness that extends beyond ourselves. Time for us to sing. Our first hymn today is on your hymn sheets, if you're in the church, and the words will be up on screen if you're at home. Feel free to stand or sit as you prefer and sing up as best you can, Children of a Bright Tomorrow. Let's take those joys and concerns, be they spoken or unspoken, into an extended time of prayer now. This is based on some words by Liz Weber. As we move into this time of prayer, you might want to adjust your position to get more comfortable. There might be some kind of posture that helps you to feel more prayerful. Perhaps put down anything you don't need to be holding. Whatever helps you to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now. To be fully present in this sacred time and space with yourself with each other and with that which lies within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being, we turn our full attention to you, the light within and without, as we tune into the depths of this life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all intimately connected. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the centre of our being. Spirit of life, help us to be present 
with all that is our life, our deepest sorrows and our greatest joys, so that we can truly live, engaging fully in our own life and in the life of our community. Spirit of community, help us to know how connected we truly are, how each one of our cares and our concerns touches us all. Help us to ask for support when we're in need and offer our support to others when we are able so that we may rest in the solace of one another's love. Spirit of love, help us to love our neighbour as we love ourselves, finding a balance between care of self and care of others so that we might fully embody love and resist hatred. Spirit of resistance, help us to stick up for what is right, even when we are tired or afraid. Help us to dream of the world as it should be and to act to bring that world about. Help us to find hope each day. Spirit of hope, help us to get through this day and every day and help us to be present for all that is our life. And in a few quiet moments now, let us each take some time to pray inwardly the prayers of our own hearts, calling to mind all those souls we know to be suffering this day, whether close to home or the world over. Let us hold all these sacred and suffering beings in the light of love. And let us pray for ourselves too, as we too are sacred beings who face our own daily struggles as we muddle through life's ups and downs. Let us take a few moments to reflect on our own lives and ask for what we most need this day. Perhaps comfort or courage or guidance. Whatever we need to flourish. And let us be sure to take time to remember the good things in life and give thanks for them. All those moments this past week when we've encountered kindness, beauty, pleasure or fun. Let us cultivate a spirit of gratitude as we recall all those moments which have lifted our spirits. Spirit of life, God of all love, 
as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time to sing once again. This is a lovely hymn, but not one we sing that often. So I've asked Peter to play it through once before we sing. I'm going to suggest we stay seated for this one because it's quite long. But um, I meant to say last time, if any of you do prefer reading the words off the screen, feel free to come over and stand nearer if that helps. That is number 36 in your purple book. For everyone born, a place at the table. There are five verses and a chorus. So hopefully by the time we get to the end, we will have got the tune. For everyone born.
Where God Is by Kenny Wiley. The first time my heart felt broken, I went to church. When my mum died, I went to church. When I failed an exam, I went to church. When I failed a friend, I went to church. When I felt I'd failed at life, I went to church. I didn't go asking for forgiveness. I didn't go asking for salvation. I went to church, a Unitarian church, to be reminded through kind words from friends, awkward interactions with strangers and inspired messages from leaders that no matter how down I feel, I still matter. I still have worth. My God says, whoever you are, you are enough. Whomever you love, you are enough. Whatever your race or ethnicity, you are enough. Whatever your abilities, you are enough. Whatever your economic class, you are enough. Whatever your gender identity, you are enough. Whatever you do for a living, you are enough. If you don't have a job right now, you are enough. You are a human being, so you are enough. My God says this when we come together, worship together, listen deeply to one another and love one another. This, I believe, is the God of our faith. My minister in college started the prayer with the same words every week. I recall he used the phrase, alone together. We experience life through our own lenses, yet we don't have to go it alone. I know too well that grieving a loss is a long, exhausting road. I also know that walking alongside a mourning friend can feel somehow almost as taxing. Being there for others is plain hard. It can be tough to work up the courage to talk for the first time with someone you've not met before. Yet I believe that it is in these public spaces that the God of love or the spirit of life truly resides. It may go against the prevailing culture of individualism to say that we need other people. We like to believe that we can do everything on our own. But I believe that the human spirit truly comes alive when we are challenged, prodded, and uplifted in community. In the days after my mum's death, I felt like hiding. Doing so would have been perfectly okay, I decided, though. But I decided, though, to go to church. And the community held me up. Being in community was, in a way, harder than being alone. Yet it was what I really needed. I needed to sit in that sanctuary with my Unitarian friends. I needed to sing those hymns and hear the words and voices of others. We don't have to go to the service every Sunday, yet I do think that we need to show up somewhere to some community. I believe that living out our faith requires interaction beyond our own selves. I believe it calls for community. I believe that's where God is. Through covenant with others, through thick and thin, we reach God. We know we are enough and we are made better. We strengthen our souls and increase our capacity for love and understanding together. Thanks, Anthony. So we're going to move into a time of meditation now.
I'm going to offer just a few words to reflect on. It's the quote from the Quaker educator and all-round inspiration and great chat, Parker J. Palmer. For those of you present in the church, you'll find the quote on the front of your order of service. For those joining at home, you'll find it along with the text of the whole service on the church website. We're going to take the quote into a few minutes of silence for personal reflection, which will end with the sound of a bell. And then we're going to hear some meditative music from Benji and Peter. So again, let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable. You might want to put stuff down. You might want to get your feet flat on the floor to help you feel more grounded. You might want to close your eyes or look at the candle. Whatever works for you. And as I always say, the words, the music, they are just an offering. Uh, use this time to meditate in your own way. This is what Parker J. Palmer has to say about the self in community. Community and individuality are not an either or choice any more than life and death are. Instead, they are the poles of another great paradox. A culture of isolated individualism produces mass conformity because people who think they must bear life all alone are too fearful to take the risks of selfhood. But people who know they are embedded in an eternal community are both freed and empowered to become who they were born to be. Words from Parker J. Palmer. So as we move into this time of stillness, I invite you to reflect on your place between the poles of that paradox and the part that community and individuality play in your life.
Listening to Radio 4's Today programme is really not a sensible way to start the day. Unfortunately, I find it hard not to turn the radio on the moment I wake up. But luckily, I usually manage to doze through quite a lot of it. Recently, I woke up to catch the end of Canon Angela Tilby's Thought for the Day. She seemed to be saying that the individualism we see in society is a result of the Puritan theology from way back in the Reformation. I was a bit perplexed by this, as when people talk about individualism in society, they imply that it is recent and one of the less pleasant effects of social media. There is a general feeling that it is to blame for a lot of the problems we see in the world to get day, and Canon Tilby is clearly of that opinion. I don't know about you, but I had always thought it came from out there. I didn't associate individualism with Christianity. A few years ago, a friend sent me a cheeky and irreverent Christmas card. It had a very pious image of an adult Jesus, hands clasped in prayer and eyes cast heavenward. The caption read, it's all about me. And I suppose at Christmas that is true. It amused me because at the time you frequently heard people say, it's not all about you, you know. And I'm sure I have said that myself. I have never actually heard anyone say, it's all about me, but it does seem that some people act as if what they want is all that matters. Anyway, Canon Angela set me thinking, what do we mean when we talk about individualism? Where do we encounter it in our lives? Is the young person who leaves an empty Coke can on the seat of the bus the product of individualism? or just the thoughtlessness of youth? What about all those young people sitting obsessed by what is on their screen instead of talking to the friends sitting with them in the pub? Is this what is worrying us? It might irritate, but does it threaten our way of life in the way we feel individualism does? I recently read a novel about a boy who was being viciously bullied every day at school. On one occasion, he was hurt badly enough to need hospital treatment. Whilst in the waiting room, he came across one of the bullies who was for once on his own and the victim decided to confront him and ask him why. Why did they kick and punch him? I think the bully's chilling answer might be what we fear when we talk about individualism in society. He says, Nothing has any meaning. Everyone just does what they want. Nothing's good or bad. There's something they wanted to do. They had the chance to do it, so they did. This bully apparently had no conscience and couldn't or wouldn't distinguish wrong from right. Okay, it's only a novel. But sometimes listening to the radio, I am tempted to believe that some people do have no conscience and just simply do whatever they want so long as it benefits them. It can seem as if this is endemic in society, unavoidable and irreversible. 
And I really don't want to think like that. And thankfully, we have recently seen the absolute opposite as we have watched in awe as lives have been pulled from under the piles of rubble left after the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. People prepared to work in the most difficult and dangerous conditions to rescue complete strangers. I expect I was not alone in finding tears in my eyes as I watched a very large helmeted man covered in dust hurrying to an ambulance, cradling a tiny baby in his arms, or watched as a stretcher bearing an injured adult was passed gently from person to person along a line to safety. It isn't difficult to know that these individuals working together to save lives are doing something which is selfless and something which is good. So let's return to Canon Angela. When I was researching her correct title, I came across an article she'd written for the Church Times. Here she accuses Puritan theology of being the cause of a tendency in the Anglican Church towards liturgy-like worship and every member ministry. The article is clearly addressed to her fellow Anglicans, urging them to return to the Book of Common Prayer. And this is fair enough, I suppose. But she goes further and blames nonconformity for a lot of what has resulted in individualism society on which she disapproves. The photo which accompanies the article is of Liz Truss, and I'm not sure how to read that. In the 16th century, Puritan was a pejorative term used to describe clergy and congregations who would not conform to the rules set out by the bishops in something called the 39 Articles. Unitarians are, therefore, descendants of Puritans. Of Puritans, and I don't think we can be accused of all the ills caused by individualism in society. The filmmaker Adam Curtis suggests that in a world of individualism, people are trapped in their own imaginations and can't imagine anything beyond this. I would say that in our gatherings, we spend a lot of time trying to imagine something beyond ourselves, which surely is the opposite of individualism. Building beloved communities certainly means moving beyond it's all about meism. But, but when I speak of individualism in society, am I forgetting that I am part of this society, an individual in society? During the Reformation, it was not only Catholics who suffered persecution, the bishops were a powerful bunch, and to be accused of being a Puritan could lead to imprisonment, torture, and even death. We can assume, then, that to be a nonconformist, one would have had to be brave. Fortunately, it doesn't take a lot of courage to come to Essex Church on Sunday morning. It's quite nice here, the music is excellent, and there's cake, coffee, and chat to follow. Unitarians are very proud of their dissenting tradition, proud to have stood against an unjust dominant culture. That takes courage. Even just speaking out when someone says something that is wrong, unjust, or maybe just unfair, takes courage. I'm ashamed to say that I sometimes find that I lack that courage. But sometimes 
we are just called to really listen to someone else's pain, to listen without immediately offering our own solution, to keep an undefended heart. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, Sarah Tinker talk, spoke about this, and to keep an undefended heart takes courage. We know we're a long way off the beloved community, but we each have a role in building it. In the end, perhaps, it is all about you. It is all about me. And as we choose what we do as individuals in society, it is all about us. Thanks, Patricia. An excellent theme. I've got one more hymn to sing now. It's an old favourite. When our heart is in a holy place. It's number 208 in the purple hymn books. And the words will be up on screen as usual. Sit or stand as you prefer. Lovely. Just a few announcements then. Uh, thanks to Patricia for choosing our theme and sharing her reflection. Thanks to Anthony for reading. 
Thanks to Janine for tech hosting and Hannah for last minute stepping in to host at home. Thanks to Benji and Peter for the brilliant music. Um, thanks to Julia, who's already dashing out to put the kettle on. And uh, what can I say? There's coffee, tea, biscuits and apple and sultana cake afterwards, if you want to hang around for that. Uh, what else to say? There's virtual coffee time on Zoom as well. We've got various small group activities coming up straight after today's service, well, at 12 o'clock, once you've had a time to have cake. Margaret will be running her singing class free of charge. The closest class is open to all. You don't have to be a good singer. Whatever your condition, Margaret will make it better. Is that too big a claim? Stay and find out. There are still spaces left for our heart and soul contemplative spiritual gatherings. That's online uh, tonight or Friday at seven o'clock. This week's theme is chance, chance encounters. Coffee morning is online, half 10 Wednesday morning. That's just a hangout and chat uh, for an hour. And once again, I want to plug a couple of uh, events that are coming up in the coming months. You might be interested in Fuse. That's the Festival of Unitarians in the Southeast. That is shifted dates this year and will be taking place on the first weekend in June uh, at Friars in Kent, which is an old Carmelite priory. Um, the deadline for booking for that is sometime in April. The details were in the Friday email. And this year's Hutclough Summer School is back at Great Hutclough in August. But there will also be an online mini programme if you don't want to go or can't get to Hutclough. Again, details in the Friday email. This is a week in the Peak District where 50 to 60 Unitarians gather together to explore a theme. This year the theme is real life, uh, telling the truth of our life experience or something like that i made up the title and i can't remember what it was anyway this congregation has always had a strong link to summer school and as usual there's a few of us on the team this year sarah and charlotte and me are all involved um, so ask me if you want to know more next sunday service will be on the theme of science of life and we will be joined via zoom by brighton unitarians as happens once in a while Details of all our activities are on the back of your order of service. I did realise I've made a mistake. It still says that Margaret's class is on the third Sunday of the month. We're switching that to the fourth Sunday of the month from this month onwards. I think that's all. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday morning, so we encourage you to keep in touch and nurture supportive connections during the week. Just our closing words and closing music now then. Each week as we gather, we light this common chalice. We sing and we celebrate. We pray and we think. Then we each gather strength from the flame and we go out from here taking the light with us. So may we all be bearers of that light to everyone we meet in the week to come. Amen. <laughs>